Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work for real people in real life, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 235, and I think I'm going to call it decluttering parentheses, purposeful and accidental end parentheses, storage spaces podcast. Um, so I, uh, have done one of these before where I did a strategy session with, um, someone from my uh, Patreon community and, um, I put the other one out on Thanksgiving. This one's coming out the day after Christmas. That's not like somehow these are going to come out on holidays. That's not what I mean. It just kind of worked out that way, but I really enjoyed this opportunity to talk with Maddie. And, um, one of the things I struggle with on these types of things is, is how to title the podcast, because I know there are people who either find the podcast for the first time because of the title or whatever. And we talk about a lot of different things, but this was the thing that just stuck out to me as, okay, if somebody needs to know about decluttering purposeful and accidental storage spaces, they are not going to want to miss this podcast because I love hearing from Maddie, how she has used my decluttering strategies to make huge progress in cleaning out her entire garage. And I mean, it's just, it's really inspiring and I think you're going to love it. And I love how she took the strategies and she made them work for her. She applied them for herself and there we go. Um, but we also talk about some other things. We talk a lot about, um, procrastinate clutter. Uh, we talk about her kind of craft room holding space, which kind of goes with the whole accidental storage space. That's why I put that in, that in there. Uh, but we talk about quite a few different things, but after we finished talking, I sent her an email and I said, Hey, because I've actually, I met Maddie several years ago in New York city. That's where she's from. And, uh, at a, a reader meetup and I said, you know, is it okay if I'm really clear about your life situation when you started this process? Okay. When you started using these strategies, because she had a really high, um, stress, time consuming job. She still does, but it has changed in the time since, uh, we met. And I, anyway, so she wrote back the most lovely, (laughs) for real, super lovely, um, response to that, just kind of explaining how she got started, um, how she started using the strategies and how she worked that in with her high stress life that she kind of gives the ins and outs of. But, um, but I really enjoyed hearing that from her. And I think it's really important because the truth is we're all busy and some of us are busier than others. And for my personality type, which so many of you share, we tend to struggle with, I can't work on my house because I have all this other stuff going on. I am, I'm overwhelmed with, you know, the outside of my house stuff And so when I get home, the last thing I feel like doing is dealing with something that has overwhelmed me. Okay. And y'all know me, you know, that I have had to come up. That is my whole strategies. All of my strategies are based around how do I break through these feelings of being overwhelmed and do it anyway. Okay. Um, and but I, I think it's important for me to express or explain her unique situation specifically because it is different than mine. And the people who are successful at all of, you know, getting their houses out under control, if they want to call it their deslobification process or not, like I do, that's fine. But the people who are successful are the ones who make it work with whatever unique lifestyle that they have. And Maddie's situation is very different than mine. And so I think it's important to kind of see how she's made it work. So let me read to you what she wrote. These are Maddie's words. Okay. Um, I've been working using your techniques since I stumbled upon the podcast over Christmas break in 2016. At that time in my life, I was a public school administrator in New York city 
working in a high school. I had an insane schedule. I'd get up at 5 a.m., commute two hours into Manhattan, work until at least six or sometimes eight, and get home the earliest at eight o'clock at night. My husband was also working in the city with an offset schedule to get the kiddo on the bus in the morning. It was a really challenging time. We would often do no housework until the weekend when we were already exhausted. I started a big, quote, decluttering, quote, project again in December 2016 and hoped that maybe I could find a podcast to listen to. I found A Slob Comes Clean and felt a little silly about my project mode approach at first. Over time and with a lot of do-overs, I got to the point where I was doing the dishes at least nearly every night, at least Loading the dishwasher when I got home, even if it was 10 o'clock at night, meant that when I did get up at 5 a.m., I wasn't mean to myself the first thing in the morning. Trying to quietly make yourself a cup of coffee is amazingly easier when you aren't knocking things over and have a clean mug. The mindset changes really helped. Little by little, things shifted. Getting rid of what didn't actually fit my life helped my decision to declutter my commute. I wanted to spend more time closer to home. I wasn't avoiding my house and family anymore and wanted to live in my actual life and my actual house. So I looked for and landed a similar job closer to home. Okay. That makes me a little bit, um, emotional because that's a beautiful story. Um, and I just want to state the obvious here. And if you are listening to this, when it first comes out, um, she found this podcast in December of 2016 and it's December of 2019. So where could you be in three years? Um, I know those of you who are just finding this podcast are like, um, hello, I don't want (laughs) to still be worried about this in three years. Um, those of you who have been around a while or like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Three years is a great yeah time. Um, I mean, it really is so much about the mindset changes, the making actual progress, the real forward motion of things. Um, and I never promise a quick fix, but I do promise immediate progress using my strategies. Speaking of my strategies, um, this is a great time to check out my books, either check them out at the library, literally, or, um, you know, get, the audible version and the Kindle version, those are both things that you can have instantly. Cause I know this week, particularly if you guys didn't know it is the number one decluttering week of the entire year. I don't know if that's anywhere in actual like scientific studies, but I'm telling you it's the truth because this is the week when people go decluttering bananas. They're not decluttering bananas. They're bananas for decluttering anyway. But my point is, um, the audible version, you know, you can go to audible.com or get download the audible app. Although you can't buy it within the app on an iPhone. I don't know why, but you can buy it on Amazon and then it'll show up in your audible app. And if you have an Amazon account, then you can, you know, anyway, I think I've talked about this before. Basically, if you want to listen to it on audible, buy it through your Amazon and it will show up on the audible app. You don't have to be an audible member to get that. Um, but as you, um, are wanting immediate help. The audible version is a great way to go. I mean, it, it's just a perfect way for you to start listening to the book, which, you know, the podcasts are rambly. The book had editors. Okay. I'm just saying, all right. So the book is here are the mindset changes you need to make. Here is the process. Here's how to apply this process to the different spaces in your home. Here's how to use this process when you're working with people in these different relationships in your life. And then um, let's talk about grief because grief and decluttering is a, a, a big issue. Okay. So that's decluttering at the speed of life. My second book, I also have how to manage your home without losing your mind, which talks through, you know, the basics of getting your house under control. She talked about dishes that will get you into that mindset for dishes, but The audible version is a great way because it allows you to go ahead and consume the content while also taking action at the exact same time. If you prefer to read over listening, totally understand that the Kindle version is, can also be instant. Even if you don't have a Kindle, you can get a Kindle app on your phone. Um, and then the paperback 
has a lot of value too, because you can mark it up, right? Um, and then you can also mark it up and hand it over to your friend or your mom or whoever later and say, Hey, I liked this book. It helped me. And that's easier to share with other people than a um, digital version. But for information on that, you can go to aslobchemsclean.com slash book, and it will have links to all of those different versions on all. The, I mean, it's available wherever books are sold. It's probably in your local Barnes and Noble right now. Um, but it's also just available for you to get quickly. But, um, you can also go to, if you want the direct links to the audible version and all things like that. Also, you can go to, um, amazon.com slash shop slash a slob comes clean. And that will have those links on there as well. Um, I think there's also probably a link on there on how to get a free trial of audible, but I'm not sure. Um, okay. Before I get into the content with Maddie, which I so enjoyed this conversation with her still don't love my voice when I'm doing an interview, because right now I feel like I'm talking like this. And then when I do the interview, I'm like this (laughs) anyway. So I'm working on that. Um, but before I do that too, through December 31st, the five day clutter shakedown, which is my video course where I demonstrate the steps for working through your clutter. I show you, this is exactly how to do it. Um, there are videos for each session, like 10 minute videos for each session. And, um, there's also an audio version and a, um, transcript for each one as well. Um, and though that's on sale right now, um, it's $20 off which makes it $20 with the code new year, all one word. So that's half off its normal price. Um, and for the month of January, if you're listening to this later in January of 2020, the code January 20 will take off 15, making it $25. So anyway, that's there. Those links will be in the show note. It'll also be over at um, my website, you know, go, if, if you're in January of 2020 or earlier, go over to a slobcomesclean.com and pretty much every single post is going to have that linked just to make it easier for you. Okay. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. All right. Without further, mm, boy, that was good. And my editor's out of town, so I can't even change it. Ugh. Without further ado, here's Maddie. Maddie, we're finally recording. I'm so sorry about, <laughs> I have Jennifer set up specifically so that like people can work out their technical issues before we get started. And then I had my own technical issues today. Plus just life issues and yeah. no worries. Yeah. Well, um, thanks so much for coming on. It's so funny. Did you listen to the one with Elizabeth yet? I did. Okay. I so did. It's so funny to me that these first two are people I've actually met in person. Yay. Yeah. Which is, it's just kind of cool. Um, cause I don't feel like I've met a whole lot of people in person, even right. of the kindred spirits group. So it's really funny to me that this is how it's worked out, but tell us a little bit about your unique life situation, whatever you want to tell us. Yeah. So I, I am an administrator at a school. Um, I have one son and one stepchild and live with my husband and dog. I work, I don't, I've just switched jobs. So my schedule has changed a little bit. It's, I have a little bit more time at home from the last time that we talked. So that's, that's great. Um, you did have, when we talked before, you had like at least an hour commute, correct? Yeah. So now I'm down to a half hour, which is way more manageable. Um, and before I was working from like six in the morning until like eight o'clock at night. And now I'm like a seven to three, like more normal teacherish kind of schedule. So that's, so that's good. And then I think the other thing that's helpful for background is, um, I'm the child of a hoarder. Okay. So I think that, you know, has kind of, I didn't have a great model to work from. Yeah. So I feel like I hear from a lot of people who are children of hoarders, um, specifically because there is the whole just completely not knowing at all what to do. Right. Yeah. I got some interesting feedback from somebody recently who was saying that the whole ideal versus reality is, is kind of the tipping point that they, that's how they viewed it. And I thought that that was really interesting, you know, that, that it was not okay 
to do it the most realistic way in her upbringing. It was all about what should work and the ideal and all that. Anyway, I just thought that was very. Well, and I think that's why I really like the Kindle, the kindred spirits group is because, you know, we didn't grow up having people over at the house. So that was always really scary. And because of that, I didn't make a ton of friends. So it's been nice with the kindred spirits group to be able to be like, Hey, I made this progress. (laughs) Right. And everyone's so supportive. And so it's like, Oh, okay. I can see that I'm getting better. You know, like, cause we only had panic cleans and that was it. Like that was, right. <laughs> that was growing up, you know? So I've just really, really appreciated that group that everyone's just really kind and helpful and, and everyone celebrates these like little, these little baby bits of progress. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I love about it too. I think it's neat to, um, like you said, I think, did you say it in your notes and your little interview thing that the pre-interview thing that, um, something about, how you feel like people get to see your house. Yeah. And like that's important to you. Like you have a place for people to see your home. Well, and like the other thing is it's like, there's times when, you know, you've done a huge amount of work, like whether it looks like it or not, but like, it feels like it's so much work. Yeah. And to be able to, to put that out there and be like, look what I did and have people who actually get it and who are like, Oh my gosh, that's great. You got a foot of counter together you know, and who were really genuine about it versus if I was to share that picture with my sister, it would be <laughs> like, oh, well, this, 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 and this is still. Yeah. So it's just been really nice. Well, good. Good. Okay. So I mentioned that we had met each other. I, do you mind if I tell them no, where? Go right okay. ahead. Yeah. So um, Maddie, you live in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So she lives in New York City. I was there. It's probably been three or four years now, I think. I think so. Um, yeah. And did a meetup and she organized the, where we were going to meet and found the place. And it was great. It was really, really fun. So people who like to, um, just kind of take those things on <laughs> make me so happy because <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I could take those things on where I am, but it's so overwhelming. Like it's overwhelming anywhere you go. And then the add in the whole New York city thing. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let me ask you first, what strategy has personally had the biggest impact on your home, on your family's home? Take it there now. (laughs) Tell me about it. Like what? So I think because I was, the way that I saw organizing and cleaning from my family was like, well, first you have to separate all the things out and then you make your piles and then you have to take the piles and and, and it just by the time I went through all the effort of separating things out, I was done. And because of, I mean, a lot of the things that you've said, like about efficiency and feeling like, well, but this can't be the most efficient way. And I've got to separate it all out. But then I didn't have any energy left to do what I needed to do. And I found the taking one thing and seeing a little bit more space and then taking another thing and seeing a little more space does build so much motivation. And it's also carried over into things in my life because where like if I have a bunch of things come up at work, it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the one thing that I can take it there now? Like, what's the one conversation that I can get over with or the, the form that I can get done and then it's done and I don't have to sit with it, like yeah. fussing over it in my brain. So I found that both of those things have really helped from, from going from worrying about clutter to just assessing it and being like, okay, well, what can I actually do like what's the actual step? And if I could do right. the step, then I don't have to worry about it. I can just do it and get it over with. That's huge. Yeah. Just for there to not be pre-work. Right. Yeah. And and just to take that out of your brain. Like there's such value to me in deleting brain energy. <laughs> in, well, in it's this, like yeah. it's that idea of like um anticipatory anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be horrible. <laughs> right. Like I'm not even actually stressed about it yet. I'm not actually doing anything, but the idea of doing the thing is so freaking me out that I can't start. So it's, it's lower the bar for what has to happen before I can start. So do you find, especially since you'd mentioned, um, your, your background, you know, living in a house where hoarding was an issue. Um, do you find it gets easier to start each time as you have experienced that past success, how much was that a key in your own 
process? Oh my gosh. Transformational. Like if you, if you were to look at, I, I meant to almost do this before we got on um, the photo album from Kindred Spirits, of like all the different posts that I've had of okay. going from what my kitchen used to look like to that it looks like a normal person kitchen right. now. Um, like right now, our bedroom is in good shape. Our master bathroom needs to do a counter declutter, but <laughs> right. Like, but it's not my daily time yet for that. My kitchen's in good, you know, is in good shape and. My living room isn't the greatest, but I know that that would only take like 15 minutes to clean up. And before any one of those rooms would have been, you know, forget it. And so now I've been able to, so you used to live in Manhattan and now we're in a suburb outside of Manhattan, but um, I've been able to work on the common areas going from the most visible to more private spaces. And so now I feel like I'm in the final frontier of, of space. So exciting. Yeah. That's mainly just like my private space, you know, crafting areas and storage spaces that like no one would ever see because we're a, we're in like a split level ranch. So it kind of makes it easier that, you know, as long as no one goes downstairs, um, then we don't have to worry about that. (laughs) But (laughs) the challenge with that is that it's, it's made it way too easy to put off certain decluttering decisions. Cause it's like, where would I look for this? In that room where right. I hide everything else. Somewhere in that room. <laughs> Over there. Like, yeah. that's where I would look for it. But it hasn't, that's now in tension with the container concept because it's like, all right, well, I've gotten really good with kicking stuff that doesn't belong either out of the house or out of, you know, the shared spaces upstairs. But in my, um, what my husband lovingly refers to as my lady lair, uh, <laughs> That is an awesome name. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Uh, It was funny because when Jennifer was doing the the pre thing, she was like, oh, so like, is this still the the challenge for you? And I was like, well, this is the visible space. And like, this is the reality (laughs) of what I'm, of what, you know, is going on. And she just (laughs) thought it was the funniest thing. Like as... (laughs) Behind me, for viewers that can't see this, is like this right. you know, white wall, and there's not clutter anywhere, and right. like I could be in a hotel, and um, and she's like, turn around, weird. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a bicycle, and there's those serving trays from Thanksgiving, like the sterno so thing funny. on top. You of- know what, though, a bicycle inside your house. Now, I have personally had that here in my little suburb in Texas, but um, that is like New York City to me. <laughs> Well, except That's I'm in the suburbs I, and it's don't tell snowing <laughs> and it's not, it's not what's happening. Though, I mean, also part of that is because my garage can fit a car in it now and it oh, does. And so, so since it started snowing, most of the bicycles fit in the garage and then one did not. So that needs to go like down into the storage area. But in the so meantime, you... it's been sitting here. I talked last week about cleaning products I've been using from Puracy, and they're sponsoring this week's episode too. I love that Puracy's products are natural, safe, and effective. They've been carefully developed by doctors to be hypoallergenic and non-toxic, and Puracy has over 20,000 five-star reviews online, so you know their products work. One of the things that impresses me is that it feels like Puracy has thought of everything from free and clear natural laundry detergent and free and clear natural stain remover to the attractive packaging with really cute artwork and special refill packaging so I can reuse the laundry detergent pump bottle that I like so much. You can get these things together in a laundry care box that they've put together at my link. You can also see the home cleaning box with the products I talked about last week. I know you're going to love Puracy as much as I do. Trust me, this stuff really works. So I've arranged a special offer to help you get started. Get 20% off your first order, but only if you go to puracy.com slash slob. Don't wait. Go to puracy.com slash slob to get 20% off your first order. That's P-U-R-A-C-Y dot com slash slob. It was funny because when... Jennifer was doing the the pre thing. She was like, oh, so like, is this still the the challenge for you? And I was like, well, this is the visible space. And like, this is the reality 
yeah. of what I'm, of what, you know, is going on. And she just thought it was the funniest thing. Like as <laughs> behind me for viewers that can't see this is like this right. you know, white wall and there's not clutter anywhere. And right. like I could be in a hotel and, um, and she's like, turn around. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a bicycle and there's those serving trays from Thanksgiving, like the sterno so thing funny. on top. You of- know what though? A bicycle inside your house. Now I have personally had that here in my little suburb in Texas, but um, that is like New York city to me. Well, except That's I'm in the suburbs I- and it's don't tell snowing <laughs> and it's not, it's not what's happening. So, I mean, also part of that is because my garage can fit a car in it now and it does. Oh, that's and exciting. So, so since it started snowing, most of the bicycles fit in the garage and then one did not. So that needs to go like down into the storage area. But in the so meantime, you, it's been sitting here. So when you said that your car can fit in your garage, is that a new accomplishment? Yeah. That's no, we it. used to have a like probably sealed to the ceiling garage of horrors. And then I want to say probably around the time that I, that we had had that, that like night out, I, I don't think the garage was done at that point. Maybe it was halfway. Like it was maybe stacked three boxes high. And now it's, um, there's like stuff that belongs in a garage, <laughs> you know, like there's beach chairs and there's gardening equipment, but there's not too much weird stuff. That's like, you know, what's going on here. So did the take it there now work? in that space. So kind of tell me about that. I've actually had a question recently about, you know, those storage spaces and applying that, which, you know, I've talked about a lot before, but I love to hear your perspective on how you made that work. Well, I think part of it was the container concepts, concepts, the thing that I struggle with the most. And so like the thing that was hardest about the garage was that it's all these, my other struggle, procrastinate clutter, like it's all these things that are like, oh, well, I was going to work on this, you know, house fix it up thing. So I have this pile that I haven't put back in the workshop because I'm going to do this project. And then there's this stuff that has, you know, summer stuff, but I had summer gear all over the garage. So I was like, well, what if I made one part of the garage, the summer stuff, but instead of doing what I usually would do, which would be pull everything out and then freak out about it. It was like, okay, for right now, the left side of where I can reach is where the summer stuff goes. And I'm going to take what I can reach and put it with that other summer stuff. And just giving yourself permission to, to not be good at it. <laughs> like that's, that's huge. That was the biggest thing was like, okay, I'm just going to move this one thing. And if the dog has to go out or I'm tired or I'm not feeling well or whatever it is. Like at least I moved one thing. And so like the more that I got okay and not like in a giving up kind of way, but like the more that I got okay with, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It just has to be a little bit better. The easier it got to be because it, it also then was like, well, you know what? I don't, I'm not avoiding the garage. I don't like the garage because it doesn't feel good to me to go in there well, what can I do to change that? Well, is there anything that I really don't actually want? And so it became easier to identify that stuff to the point where today I was like, I'm giving myself a really hard time for this, for this room, but it's like, oh, but you know what? Like this is, it really is progress. Like I didn't, I didn't have a garage before. That's huge. And you could have stuck the bike out there. Right. It was full of a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm just trying to clarify here. When you set a space for summer stuff, did that stay the space or did that eventually? Okay. So, so what I'm hearing no, totally here, not. So it wasn't that you were making a pile of summer stuff. You just made a temporary contained space right. for, I like that. So, so like first it was like the front of the garage because when it was summertime, that's where it all kind of get thrown back into. So then it was like, okay, well, instead of throwing it all over the garage, like for now, the place where this stuff lives is to the left side of the garage and anything else that needs to go in the garage needs to go somewhere else. And like over time, the, what the containers were became more clear to where then it was, you know, for a while it was like, there were different piles of stuff in the garage, but kind of the same way that if it was, 
you know, if we had shelves in there, there'd be a already shelf a big mess. Up. Right. But it was already right. a big mess, but it was just like, it sort of became its own yeah. place instead of just getting bins or totes or whatever to just hold it. I was like, I don't even know what I, what I want in there. Like, I don't know what I want to keep. I don't know what I want to do with this stuff. So it, it just made it, it made it a lot easier to kind of work through it and see it as something that was in progress versus just getting really mad at myself that it's like, I'm not organized and it's not going to look good. And because you don't want to take that. I mean, this was an unusable space anyway, right? Right. So you don't want to pull everything out of that space into the spaces that you have that are usable and then everything's unusable. You know, I like that. That's, um, so as you said, the containers kind of revealed themselves and became more clear what they were. Did you find that the limits of even those kind of temporary transitional spaces helped trigger at all how much you could and couldn't keep? Or was it more a matter of like, were you able, were you just sorting or were you also decluttering as you were putting things in? No, I was, I was definitely trash became clear a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the extra decluttering question that I've kind of added on is like, if I took this out to use, would I actually want to use it? Oh, because there's times where like, you know, you keep beach stuff, but then when you go to use it, it's not actually what you, you're like, oh, I'm going with friends that I know I'm not actually going to take. This, this chair. Thing. Yeah. Um, so just kind of giving myself permission to be like, all right, well that doesn't, you know, like if I'm, if I'm not taking it out, like maybe we don't have it in the budget right now to buy a brand new chair, but like if I'm literally leaving it at home, because if I'd rather go chairless and sit <laughs> yeah. on the sand, then I might as well not keep this. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So like little things like that started to help, but I think it was also because the garage stuff wasn't really personal to me. And then I also had to listen to the podcast on other people's stuff a whole bunch because like my sister was going to be buying a house. And so she had come over one day and I don't remember why I had the garage door open. We we must've been doing house stuff. And she was like, Oh, we're buying the house and I got this bed for free. And so can I just store it in your house? And then like they're closing didn't happen. And then like oh something goodness. went wrong with it. So it was like three months and I was finally like, dude, you need to pick up this bed because I like, I'm the one with the issue. Like you're the neat freak. Why, why are you? <laughs> because I mean, she doesn't want it in her house. Of course not. You know, because that would mess up her perfect space. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Hi so, sister. Like, hi sister. Yeah. You see, listen, hi sister. No, love you. She doesn't. She's, <laughs> she's one of those strange people to us. <laughs> But we love her, right? We love her. We She's totally amazing. Yes. And they have been, they have been really supportive about like, like something's changed. Like people are noticing, like people who before I was awkwardly comfortable enough to like open the door a crack. Yeah. Um, that can now come in, like first could come into the entryway and then have been able to be in my kitchen and be like, Oh, like I remember the first time my sister was like, like I was like, Oh, do you want to come in and like have a cup of tea? And she was like, I can sit. Yeah. And it like wow. really freaked her out, which is funny because, and I don't know, I'm, I would imagine that there's a lot of us in the kindred spirits group that feel this way because it's like at work, I'm like super organized and like have everything together and I'm the go-to person. And it's like, and at work, everyone thinks that I must have this like perfect yes. fixer upper house. And that's not my reality at all. I think that's actually very common. I know for me, um, except for the people who actually saw my office office when I had one, <laughs> but as far as people who just worked with me on things, they were like, really? You're really like, they just assume because I am very organized in putting things together. I always said I can organize people, just not stuff. Yeah. 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 No. And that's, I mean, that's the thing is that like, I'm really good with files. I'm really good with people. And I'm really good with like setting up other people's stuff, but it's the maintaining yes. of a system. Cause I'll like getting it all, mm-hmm. you know, getting all the bells and whistles in. But when it's like the day to day, that was the thing that was really hard yeah. because I used to always just kind of like wait and at home, I'd wait until things were disastrous and then do the big project thing, clean. Yeah. Big project clean and then not understand why it was so hard. And then I think also like when I was first, when I had first got an apartment was when, what was that show where they would like 
pull out the tarp and have people empty out all the stuff onto the tarp and have like I think it was was it clean sweep and they had yes. like a garage sale. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that show. I loved that show, but I think before I actually started doing it. Right. It sounded like such a great idea. And so I kept trying to do stuff that way where I'd like put a blanket out and like, this is going to be my thing. But you know what? You know what you didn't have before that was causing all your problems? You didn't have a blanket. I didn't have the blanket. But I think (laughs) what it actually was, was that I didn't have the 20 interns like behind the scenes (laughs) that do all the things and make all the decisions. And that's why it didn't, um, it didn't work. And another kid is home. So yeah. Oh, hello, family member. You can't hear, but anyway. Okay. We're going to get on, cause we've been getting off on a lot of really good stuff, I but I want to make sure that we get to the stuff that you specifically wanted to talk about. Um, you kind of mentioned this, but your strategy that's had the second biggest impact on your home, you said was the container concept, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Like that's the thing. Some places. So I find when stuff isn't emotionally charged, I have an easier time than stuff that I'm like, I have this weird thing with like pens and I have like all these pens or certain craft things that just feel more precious than regular stuff where like, I don't know, like dish towels, I was able to get rid of until they actually fit in a box with the mm-hmm. lid clothes that I use in my linen closet. Like my linen closet is gorgeous because it was, you know, it was like, okay, this is the space that I have. This is the shelf I have for sheets. Mm-hmm. Everything has to fit comfortably on this shelf for sheets and that that works. And it, you know, and I've seen that work in like in certain things, like the linen closets like that or dishes are like that. But with craft stuff or yarn, like I knit and like yarn is this amazing material that you just... <laughs> Right. Can't have enough of. And like, it's really hard to try to figure out, well, what, what is going to happen to this, <laughs> to this yarn? If I don't, so, if I'm not the one to rescue it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the yarn hero. Yeah. Um. Okay. So are we getting into your questions as well here? Is this how you define some of your sentimental stuff or is there also another layer there that we need it's, to talk about? It's a little bit of both. So it's like, so this room that I have the most trouble with is like a combination of some mementos. The mementos are starting to go into like a box or an area, but then it's also, it's hard to figure out what the categories of stuff would need to be because I don't know, because the space is weird. Like, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm looking at the stuff and then trying to figure like, so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, here, here's my room. So like different things have made sense and I've been able to figure out containers. So like there's a basket of yarn that fits on a shelf and then there's like another basket next to it. That's, I don't remember, but it, I know it's all one thing and it made sense (laughs) when I put it up there. Like, okay. So let me, let me kind of describe a little bit what I'm seeing. So, um, and it's not a crystal clear camera by any means that we have, but, um, it is, a desk. So, I mean, it's a very familiar looking type space to me. Um, it's the desk. So it's like, in my mind, this is the area where I'm going to be creative and get things done. And the desk is piled with stuff. So it's not technically usable at this point. Um, the stuff has then gone some onto the floor and then onto the shelf above. And so it looks like the shelf above Perhaps that's where that other super cute basket was meant to go, but then that space got taken up with right. stuff that maybe didn't have a place to go on the desk, right? Yeah. And okay. then there there becomes this like kind of like overflow cascade yes. of yes. overflow is is I, I live in overflow, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> where there's happened. like, you know, where it's almost like, okay, well, this basket was empty and then I was decluttering another space. And I'm like, well, that's office stuff or craft stuff. So that's going to go in the craft room and I'll put it in this basket. And then I'll remember that it came from this other room. But by the time I've gotten there, like, I don't remember what it, you know, what the purpose was. And it's like a thing of, you know, like I have space in this room where I could add bookshelves or things, but kind of like with what I did with the garage, I don't want to do that until I actually know what I want to do with that stuff. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what I see, which I think you already know. Okay. In this space that we're, that we were looking at just now. And that is, there's a lot that you could do. Like you just said, there's an open wall 
that's like a wall of possibility. <laughs> I mean, this is like a dream room if it's the place where stuff goes right. and there's a huge open wall and all that. So I totally get that. But I think sometimes that can be overwhelming. The whole possibilities of what the room could be. We're moving into your questions now, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, the possibilities of what that room could be sometimes make it hard to do the work that has to do has to happen before you can even get to that point. And I think that's what you're talking about. You're kind of stuck in this place of, I could really have an amazing room here, but there's this stuff, but this has to be done before that. But what I see, um, I, I think going back to and sticking with those five decluttering steps on the desk, you know, cause my guess is there's some stuff on the desk that might be trash. Uh, and, and even if there's not, right even if it really is all important, but my, when I look at my spaces that get like that, I'm like, okay, it feels like everything in this space is important and it Mm -hmm. actually might be true. But by giving myself permission to just look for trash, then it gets me over there. Do you know what I mean? It gets me Mm -hmm. over there looking for that most simple possible thing to get started on, you know, so by starting with trash, then I could look through it and I can go, okay, well, there really was only one piece of trash, but okay. Right. So it didn't make that much of a difference, but it gets me there and it gets me started. And then moving through those steps of like, you know, this, the, the part of getting that super cute basket back onto the shelf with the other super cute baskets. It's like, that is a super visible thing. That's kind of like a stumbling point. Does Mm -hmm. it feel like that? Yeah. It's like, okay, so decluttering that top shelf, I would say would be number one, right? And getting that space open and it's all visible. So it all counts as being prioritizing and legitimate for prioritizing. So getting that space done so that then you can put that up there. And I think tackling it the same way that you did with your garage. And in some ways the garage had this legitimate it has this huge overwhelmingness where this one is like, okay, it's not a humongous space that's messed up. And it, and so it's like, okay, I better do this perfect because it's, you know, so, so I think going back to that whole, it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm just going to get things out of there. I'm, I'm just going to consolidate, you know, even if you just consolidated the stuff on the desk, I think it would reveal to you in your brain a lot of what deserves to be here and what doesn't deserve to be here. And, oh my goodness, I've got five of this or one of this or six well, of this or whatever. Like the five. So that's kind of the thing of like, so here's a thing that I, I don't know if you can see it. There's like this little white baskety bin thing, maybe that you can see. So it's like a separator mm-hmm. and, and so I have different pens and there's like, they're all the same. It's my favorite kind of pen, but I'm like drowning in stuff, but I feel bad getting rid of the things that are like, that you love them because they're usable. Awesome. Yeah. Cause yeah. I love them and they're awesome, yeah. but it's like, but it's fine to love pens, like loving pen. There's nothing wrong with loving pens. If the pens are the favorite thing, then they deserve space more than, something else. Do you know what I mean? So it's like creating space for those pins, but also the action of doing that also triggers, maybe I don't need to keep buying pins for a little while, you know, (laughs) just that is that, that, like how often do you pick up some pins? No, I actually, I've gotten from doing that. I have been better at not getting stuff like new stuff, but it's just, there's just so much stuff that I have that I like like, and I feel like I would use, but I don't ever actually use it because as you can see, the desk is like completely full to overflowing. So there's not, it's yeah. not like I can use the pens, right? There's so many other pens. Do you use the pens only in this room or do you, um, I, I, you know, it's what the thing that feels so silly is that like so much of the crafting stuff that's like feels so important. I have like literally never used or have used like once, which sounds so ridiculous. So where would you knit? Where do Here, you knit? Like sitting, sitting right like in this, in this room, in this okay. room, in this like little couch thing that I'm on. Okay. Um, so do you have a knitting basket? Yeah. So that's some of those bins. Like one is yarn and then one is tools. Do you have a current project basket? I have a, smushy guilt box of projects that have been started, but not finished. Okay. Um, is your goal to finish some of those or is your goal to start a new one? <laughs> Just asking. So 
I usually end up starting new ones and I think I just need to like get over the guilt and get rid of the ones that I'm like bored with and will never finish. (laughs) And like, maybe I'm not a project manager. Maybe I'm just a like, I enjoy knitting, but (laughs) not ever finishing anything. Well, I mean, so I would like, I view that as two separate times types of containers, you know, as far as limited spaces, like, a basket, like even one of those baskets is up there that maybe doesn't have stuff in it right now or whatever can be your project basket that you have next to this seat where you like to sit and actually knit, you know, like this is the right. thing. And when it gets full, I either have to give up on a project and get rid of that, you know, that's never going to happen or finish a project because that's a legitimate, right. That's a legitimate way to declutter is to actually finish it and then wear the sweater or whatever it is that you're knitting, you know, right. So, so that, that triggering of that. And then there's also the storage stuff, right? Right. You know, like there's the, the storage spaces of that limiting how much supplies that you can have for the future. And I, I, this is such a creative person thing. I mean, this is such a, you know, all the possibilities are really maybe just telling yourself that I am going to declutter. One of the things I am doing to declutter is I am finishing a project. Like this is legitimate use of my time in this whole cluttering because it also might help you go, this was a fun project or this was a really not fun project. I hated it. And so I'm going to be able to get rid of all the similar to that type projects, you know, but when it's just sitting there as a possibility, it's harder. Yeah. Yeah. So give yourself permission to use your time to actually finish some things just to going and yeah. 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 And just go through that. I mean, I would, I would work on just straightening that area first and giving yourself that permission to just do the easiest possible thing, because you're going to like that room more. You're going to be able to see more. You're going to have a lot better awareness of what's in it. Um, And as you do that, you know, be following those, take it there right now. And those things that the easy stuff, especially that reveals itself, you're like, Oh, okay. Because most likely, like you said, the whole overflow situation, that's my experience. You know, it's like, if there is a pile, I'm going to make it bigger, you know? So there are probably things that have just ended up there that do have a home somewhere else. So working on that easy stuff and taking it there right now is going to help you see that progress. Okay. Um, Let's see. I know we're going on and on and on, aren't we? This is fun. I hope it's helpful at all. I don't it is. I mean, and when we, in the break, I was thinking about the progress that was made in this room. And from when I joined Kindred Spirits, this was like this big table here was in the middle of the room and stuff was filled from the floor to the top of the table and the top of the table was mounted over. So like you wouldn't even be able to recognize from this room from that. And then I, I want to say like, Usually I post more in the summers and, you know, there was like the celebration of clearing off the table or like the celebration of having everything then off the floor, but on back on the tabletop. You did that table that we were looking at a minute ago over the summer. I don't know if it was this summer or if it was, but it's, it's been one of the main projects that I've pick up and work on a little bit. And there's been different furniture configurations in here that I've tried out, but this has been one of the projects that like this in my kitchen, I feel like everyone who's on your Patreon knows or could (laughs) could easily find. (laughs) So don't forget about re-decluttering and how much easier re-decluttering is. Cause if it was the summer, even if it was the summer before, I mean, it's so much easier when you go back and do it again. Um, but I feel like, I think kind of that emotional aspect of, um, I just did this, you know, kind of that uh, feeling of I'm frustrated with this space again, even though I just did it sometimes prevents that realization. I just have to re-declutter, you know? Like, I, I think that's one of the things of like, that's why I really like the podcast is because I am one of those people that will play the podcast and just like work on stuff because mm-hmm. it stops me from being mean <laughs> to yourself, you know, like to myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You, you did mention the next phase, something about you keep thinking that moving furniture in this room is going to unlock something magical. <laughs> I do I understand that, but it looks like you don't have a ton of furniture in that room, right? Have you gotten rid of some? Um, I've changed where the big, t- like there's this big, it was my 
mother-in-law's dining room table. So like mm-hmm. the dining room table has been literally on every wall of this room. I used to not have it set up as a desk. I think I put the shelving up in the past couple of months. Okay. Um, so I didn't I'm have any shelving you. at all before. I'm going to stop you real quick because sure. I just realized something. So you have that table set up as a desk mm-hmm. and then you have a desk over there. Mm-hmm. Is the desk over there actually meant to be a desk or is it meant to be storage? Ooh, I don't know. Do you ever work on the desk that, that is super cluttered? No. Cause you have this other workspace. Do you need to work at the desk that's super cluttered? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you're always supposed to have a desk, but I've never been a person to work at a desk. <laughs> I think a table with desk, cause I see behind you a computer, right? Like a whole system of desk type stuff. <laughs> right. Behind you on the desk. That's table. not a desk. That's, <laughs> that's where I work, Dana. That's the but, desk on the other side. That's the problem. I think like coming into it as the not, like in your mind, you're like, oh, this is this and this is this and this is this. Right. And you're like, but when I look at it, I'm like, no, that's a desk. That's a desk behind you. So if you don't need the desk over there, can you treat it as a right. storage thing? Do you need it? I mean, I'm not saying to get rid of right. it, but is that furniture that you could get rid of if it's not actually like if the actual need over there is storage, because this is a, an active crafting type, you know, space for you. If the need is storage, you can either treat that desk as storage or you can get rid of that desk and legitimize the storage space over there. I don't know. Right. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. Like not having to feel pressure to like use the desk as a desk, but let it be a storage space for some of the stuff that's, that's bigger, which is what's happening with it. Anybody anyway, makes sense. I don't know. Something to think about. Yeah. Um, That's really, that's a really good thing to think about. Thank you. Good. But I think what you said about, I keep moving furniture thinking it's going to unlock something magical. That's, I get it. Like I get that, but I know personally in my own home, a lot of the biggest strides, a lot of the biggest, wow, this room is completely different now has happened when I got rid of furniture pieces. When I, you know, like got rid of something huge that I was like, that was taking up a ton of floor space. And now either that's open or it's open for what it was really needed for, but it's hard. I don't know how furniture just keeps appearing sometimes. Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> yeah, no, we have, we have that problem upstairs in the living room. That's a, yeah. an ongoing family discussion about what, what piece of furniture is going to go. Cause something needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, um, so I bought a recliner. This is not about me. I know, but I bought a recliner that I thought was going to be a replacement recliner. And then I had the thought that I do have a kid going to college and his dorm technically could actually fit a recliner, which is crazy to me. But um, I don't know if it was initially meant to be for four people and now there are only two in them. I don't know. But I had this thought and I, anyway, so I ended up getting rid of something else, like a different piece of furniture because, but I guess my point is I used to have a recliner in my living room, but when my friends came in and helped me decorate it, it just revealed that there was no space for the extra recliner. So I've actually moved right. the recliner into a different room, moved furniture out of there. So now I have like a whole, I'm, I'm loving it, but it was like that purposeful placement of mm-hmm. furniture where I lived for over a decade with two recliners in this spot that now my brain accepts the fact that there is no room for a recliner there, like legitimately, you know? And so it, it feels like I can't get rid of furniture because it's going to be so expensive to replace and right. I really regret it and blah, blah, blah. But with the way that furniture just ends up in my house, sometimes <laughs> it must not be that expensive to replace. Cause anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> just sneaks in there. It does sometimes. Okay. So did you want to talk more about sentimental items or yeah, I think, okay. I think part of it is just like, I'm, I'm often surprised by things that I wouldn't think of as sentimental. And then it's like, like, was I, was I not allowed to have pens as a kid? Like what's my thing with pens? Yeah. You know, like where you're just kind of surprised by like, why am I so attached to this kind of thing? And it just doesn't make sense. So it's helpful to kind of give permission to like have the stuff, like have the, yeah. the fancy markers or whatever that I, that I like. So two things on that, that just occurred to me that also just left my brain. So I don't know what I was about to say. Um, <laughs> Okay. Let's see if they come back. One of them was to just go ahead and embrace the fact that you love pens. You know, I mean, like 
I'm not a pen person, but my daughter is a pen person. And I'm just like, okay, great. You know, one of the things that's hard about that is it's really fun to buy pens for pen people because you can buy them something that you know they're going to be excited about, but it's not crazy. I mean, there are crazy expensive pens, but you can buy them something that you know they're going to be thrilled at that's small or whatever. And and I think another thing too with pens is you think, well, it's small, right? Right. So how can it be clutter? (laughs) And it's useful, right? Um, so I think embrace that and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a display of my pens, you know, like I'm going to make this something that is prominent on this desk or this, whatever it is that we have in that space now, but you know, I'm like going to give them a place of honor and that can trigger in two different ways. The whole, like, Oh, this is a beautiful container and I don't want it to get crazy and out of control because I really love looking at the pens when they're in this, or it can trigger kind of like you had with your chairs that you were like, okay, seriously, pens are not that big of a deal. You know, and, and right. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not no, yeah. I'm just saying like, it might trigger for you. I don't actually need to put them in a predominant place, which can then help you go, okay, maybe I'm not as attached to them as I thought I was. Um, right. But the other thing I'm hearing too, is a lot of times that that one specific sentimental item can be that paralysis point, you know, of, but what I, how can I work on this room when, what am I going to do with the pens? Right. You know, and it's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so don't worry about the pens say, I'm, I'm going to skip every pen that I find. I'm not even going to worry about the pen because perfect is not the goal. Less is right. the goal. And so I'm going to work on this room and I'm not even going to worry about the pens and let yourself make progress without the pens or the other, even, you know, it might be something that is like a heirloom or whatever, you know, maybe it's some, a collection that somebody gave you or whatever. And you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I I have no idea. That's the thing. Let yourself skip over it. And I think what's important there is you're acknowledging that for some reason, pens are really sentimental and difficult for you and emotionally challenging for you to deal with. But then you go, wait, what in the world? Why pens? It's okay. If that's your emotional challenge, then skip the pins and move to something else and go ahead and make progress. Cause it will start to reveal to you, Oh, I really do have this space right here that I can make my pen space. And I'm satisfied with that space, which then makes me willing to let it be the container, which then lets me be willing to fill it with my favorite things first and get rid of whatever doesn't fit or, you know, that kind of thing. There's this box of postcards that I had inherited from a family friend who didn't have anyone, she didn't have anyone else. And so she had bequeathed it to me when I was like a little girl. So it's a box of postcards, but it's a box of postcards to places that I've never been to that. So it's just this thing, but I feel bad getting rid of it, but it is really small. So I keep just kind of tucking it away, but I would like it to be either something that is as important as I think it is or that it isn't, you know, like, yeah, but just tripping over it and feeling bad that I'm tripping over it because it doesn't have a place isn't isn't helping right. anything. Well, there's you know with the sentimental stuff. Um, again, if it's treasured, treasure it. If it's treasured, a, a frame, a five by seven frame, you know, or whatever to pick your favorite one. Because that's another thing too is to go. You pick the favorite one. You're honoring the fact that she loved to travel and she loved postcards. And that one picture is hanging on the wall and makes you think about her or him. I don't know. Did you say right. her? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. But, but makes you think about her and honor her memory, but it doesn't cause those negative feelings of, Oh my goodness. Now I'm saddled down with a box of postcards to places I never, you know what I mean? So it's that, you know, going through and enjoying that moment of grieving for her as you look through there and you take the time to pick your favorite one that's a moment that you can have in honor of her and then enjoy that favorite one. You know, anyway, I know everything sounds simple when you just say it on a podcast, right? And then you have to put it into practice in real life and you're like, ah, (laughs) okay, let's go to the procrastinate clutter projects. We kind of talked about that with your knitting. Was that one of the things you were thinking? That was one of it. I mean, the other thing is like, since this is a pass through from the garage to like a workspace downstairs, it tends to, we live in an old house that needs a lot of fixing up. So there'll be like times where the hammer and whatever will get taken out. And I'm like, but there's this other project that I'm going to work on. So I don't want to put it all the way downstairs, which is like six stairs down. Like it is not a big house. This is not hard, you know, like just put it back. But 
I don't understand why my brain just holds on to the hope that it's going to find that extra 10 minutes. Well, and I think sometimes (laughs) part of the issue with procrastinate clutter is it doesn't necessarily feel like legitimate clutter. Yes. You know, this isn't legitimate clutter, so I'm not going to use my legitimate decluttering strategies on it. But then it turns into clutter because it sits there for six months or whatever. So giving yourself permission to use the actual, oh my word, what is wrong? This is how I would talk to myself. What is wrong with me that I have to go through decluttering strategies to just put a hammer away? You know, like that's my thought process in my own home all the time. So I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying this is me. So giving myself permission to go, you know what? It's what I have to do. I have to ask myself, where would I look for this first, Dinah? You know, and go put it there right now. And, and then it's done. And you're like, okay, well now actually when I need to look for the hammer, I can legitimately ask myself where would I look for it first and go look there. And it's there instead of where would I look for it first? But what's the actual last thing I did? And then I didn't put it there because I thought I was in the middle of something, you know, so it really ultimately in the long term makes life easier to go ahead and go down the six stairs, just like filling out the form at work that you don't want to fill out and all that. Right. You know, it's the same. It's all this. <sighs> we have issues. Is that okay for me to say? <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I say it about myself all the time. And I'm like, I don't know that I can say that about anyone else, but we do. We, I mean, like this is our common issue, right? It's just this whole like overthinking. Yeah. That's me. What? I'm like, I'm caught. My husband and I were just talking about something today and something was like, was driving us crazy, perhaps in one of my children about how they were overthinking something to the point where it wasn't logical. And I said, well, at least we know they don't get that from me. <laughs> I was being sarcastic because that is my problem. Like they totally get that from me. It's like, I think things through to the point where it no longer makes any sense because I'm trying so hard to make it make sense. Right. Anyway. I'm I'm always surprised by how surprised I am when this stuff works. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. I still surprise myself. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Anything else you want to talk about with Procrastacolor projects? No, I think that's, I think that's it. Well, and you know, the, you, you specifically said in your um, thing was Procrastacolor projects. And again, like we talked about before, giving yourself permission to hang that picture or do that. I say hang that picture because that's one of those things for me. Like I will set the picture nearby where it needs to be along with the stuff that I need to hang it for months on end, you know, thinking oh, I'm going to have to do that one day when I have time. And all of a sudden it's gets knocked over and, and then it attracts other things and blah, blah. So that is my own example. But for you, the knitting, you know, like that's legitimate to finish this up, especially if you go through and you do the easy stuff first of what in this project basket only has, I'm going to prove that I don't know knitting three more lines or whatever right. it is that yeah. you are, you know, Oh my goodness. All I had to do was this. And then I have a finished thing and it's no longer clutter. Hopefully it's still a style. I like of yarn from when I bought it 10 years ago. You know, what? <laughs> I had started a sweater for my son once that uh-huh. by the time I finished it, it was a belly shirt. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> Put it on a teddy bear and call it over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. That was so funny. Can you not add on, make it bigger? I don't know how these things work. <laughs> it was like, I had intended it for when he was like a year old. And I want to say I finished it when he was three. That is awesome. <laughs> so That's bad. Awesome. I have a, do you know what cruel is? 
Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like a super fancy type of whatever needle work or something yeah. like all these, not I would, like embroidery I kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all these different kinds of things and stuff. And so I, um, not having any idea what I was doing, decided when we first got married 20 years ago now that I was going to make our stockings, our Christmas stockings, because that's what you do, right? Right. I mean, totally. That's what you're supposed to do. So I bought this thing and I worked like crazy on it. Of course, I didn't finish it before Christmas. And then I put it in a drawer and I've never, I don't even know where it is now, but I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere. <laughs> but I, I, I might finish it one day for a grandchild. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Which hopefully you'll be ready a very long time, but okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about or you wanted to say, or you wanted to whatever, if you want to let people know anything, just thank you. I really appreciate the community you've built. I really appreciate your positivity. Like, it's just, um, like, you don't know this, but we talk on my way to and from work, like every single day. (laughs) And, and that's just been really helpful. Like I, I was laughing out loud in the car today because you said something about, um, science fair and we've gone into the world of science fair. So there's just like, there's a lot that's, don't you feel guilty as an educator? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hate homework. Like all the things that I do, I don't like as a parent. I know. I mean, (laughs) it's really bad, but if we all had to have kids before we could be teachers, I guess that wouldn't really work well, but man, it would make life different. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but that's, but that's the main thing. Like, just thank you. And like, I really appreciate, you know, another plug for your Patreon group, like that everyone in there is just awesome. Like, it's just a really awesome group. And even my husband knows about it. Like, he's like, like when we've had budgeting talks, he's like, no, 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 you can't. That's, that is something that stays in our budget. And oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, it's like a, it's important. That's great. That's great. And it is only $5 a month. So yeah. 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 But $5 a month, believe me, I understand. There are times where that's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. So, So yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, um, I have had fun talking with you and getting to see you again. And hopefully I'll be in New York at some point. You better. I mean, you know, it's where all the good publicity stuff happens. Exactly. (laughs) It's kind of my favorite, but anyway, um, it could not be more different from where I live. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for, um, figuring it out and dealing with tech issues and after work and all the kind of stuff that you had to, to do, to do this. But I really appreciate you coming on Maddie and I will um, talk to you later, I guess. Bye. Okay. Bye. Didn't you just love that interview with Maddie? I just like her a lot. Um, I'm hopping on really quick here at the end. I wasn't going to do this because I am Rachel did like the, within the interview editing, but I've had to put my own ad in and intro and all that. Cause I don't want to bother her and her, vacation. But anyway, um, I did want to come in and just make sure that, um, you know, in case you're like, well, I want to join Patreon. That's going to be my new year's thing. Um, it's P A T R E O N.com slash a slob comes clean. Um, there is a form after you sign up, you'll have access to different posts. There's a form on there for you to fill out, to get invited to the Facebook group that she's talking about. Okay. Um, that's P A T R E O N patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Um, also don't forget that the five day clutter shakedown is on sale right now. Uh, and it's on sale this week. That's right. Cause it's coming out on the 26th. So for this week, you can get it for half off for $20. And that is, um, at a slob comes clean.com slash shakedown. Okay. I will talk to you guys later.